Hey, w- welcome back, everyone. Uh, this is your host, Chris Gear. Um, welcome back to the Triumph Over Trauma podcast. Um, I am very, very honored to have a special guest with us today. Um, and as a reminder, uh, with this podcast or show, um, we're here to share stories of everyday people overcoming adversity um, so that we can learn from them. Their tips, techniques, tools, strategies, you know, things that they've learned that we can apply to diversity we face in our own lives. So that being said, I'm going to get right to it. We are joined by um, my friend Mark Edmondson. And I'll, I'm not going to spoil the story, but just to give you a brief intro, a few things about Mark. So Mark has, has started an organization called Positive Vibes Only, um, which he can tell you more about it. It's really fascinating, um, doing some really good things to help people. Um, he's joined us from the UK. And when we met over a Zoom meeting, I also saw that uh, we also have a shared love of hip hop uh, as he had a really, really cool uh, Notorious B.I.G. shirt with, uh, I think it was, it was like a, a Nike basketball symbol. Is that right, Mark? That's right. I've already right now, actually, right? In, in honor, I've got Biggie, Biggie Smalls um, doing the Air Jordan pose. That was, the, I need to get that shirt. So I, I love that, love that. So just, it, you know, just a little, a little bit about, it. and also um, unrelated to any of this, but of all places, we actually, you know, even though we live in different countries, we happened to be in Vegas at the exact same time last week. Uh, we weren't, you know, we weren't able to connect, but a small, just small world, just how things just you know, come together, you know, is, is unreal. You know, being in the same place, same time, even though you live in different countries. So that being said, um, and then the, and then the, the thing that Mark's here to talk about is his story. And I don't want to give away too much details of it. So, uh, Mark, I'll, I'll let you, you know, get right into it. You know, the, the format is, you know, essentially share the story as well as kind of how you got through and overcame it yep. and then what people you know what you learned that people can pull from it absolutely all right well, well so um yeah so thank you firstly chris for having me uh, it's an honor and a pleasure to to be speaking to my friend across the pond um i'm delighted to, to be a part of it and, and hopefully uh, if this helps just one person then um you know that's that's job time well spent and the job well done so my story started well I'm quite an average guy, uh, you know, I've got a young family. Um, I live in the UK, live down in Brighton, uh, just south of London. And about five and a half years ago, um, I was diagnosed with stage four uh, bowel cancer, uh, metastasized to my liver. And I've been told uh, at the time when I got, when I was informed of the, the sort of prognosis uh, that I had um, a year left to live, um, less than. And here I am, five and a half years on, uh, still still winning my battle, um, having had 140 plus rounds of chemo, 25 plus operations, a couple of rounds of radiotherapy. Um, I'm still trucking, still loving and living life as much as I can. As Chris noted, I had the pleasure of being stateside in Vegas last week uh, with some of my closest friends from from who I grew up with. Um, we had the absolute best of times and that kind of epitomizes my outlook in terms of you know life is still there to be lived no matter what you're facing um, and it's about trying to find the joy and, and the best way of living suits you um, and that's something that I've had to work hard on and, and address and deal with myself over the last five and a half years but um, I very much maintain that outlook from day one which is you know live and love your best life right 
So um, yeah, that's a, a quick synopsis. Obviously, I can go into a bit more detail as we move forward. Um, but yeah, that gives you a sort of quick overview of, of what where I've come from and, and what I'm experiencing and the adversity I'm facing. Oh, that's 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 really helpful. That uh, I just I can't imagine, right? There's always you know people always talk about kind of you know you know live as if you know as if tomorrow isn't promised. And it's one thing to say it; it's another thing to actually be, you know, faced with that. And I can't believe that just all the, you know, the, the rounds of, of chemo and everything you've been through. Right? We we're all affected by, in particular, cancer. We, everyone knows someone who's who's gone through cancer. But I can't say that it, I, I've I've had close contact with folks who have been faced with that, you know, terminal type diagnosis. So what was that like? And you know, what was, you know, obviously. You're in a in a much better state here, at least from where you are, um, as far as working through this and, and and turning this into something positive to help other people. But um, could you tell us a little bit more about you know what that was like getting that getting that news and kind of because I'm sure you would probably you know went through a lot of stages and probably even today kind of what that was like and 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 you know what that experience was like because that's that's not something that that many of us have faced. Yeah, I mean, look, Marlene, it's. Um... It's, it's easier to reflect on, um, you know, living it at the time, it's, it's probably slightly different. I think my initial reaction, um, truthfully, was probably one of denial, um, whilst I sort of, you know, approached it with this feeling of, um, how do you describe it? I guess, it, look, in summary, I, I started, when I first got told, I'd already lived, and I'm you know, very fortunate I've lived a good life, right? I've seen the world, I've, I've done a lot of things that I wanted to do, you know, playing sport, uh, to having a family, to you know, having the best bunch of friends uh, all over the UK and, and across other countries as well, including the States. Um, and I already felt like I had enjoyed my life. So there was an element of, of peace to begin with in, in that I was kind of like, well, look, if this is what my fate is, then so be it. Um, you know, not obviously what I want. Um, certainly with two young kids at the time of my diagnosis, I had a, I've got, I had a three-year-old and a five-year-old boy. Um, so the prospect of losing or leaving them behind was probably my biggest, um, like, I can describe it, um, fear. Um, I was terrified, truthfully, the prospect of, of leaving them behind. Um, and I guess they're also my biggest driver. So my initial reaction was one of probably denial, where I was kind of like, look, I'm still going to crack on with life here. I'm still going to enjoy everything I've got in front of me. Um, you know, what what else can I achieve in, in the time I've got left? Um, but I also had, you know, this sort of inner feeling of hope. Uh, I think that's a big part of it is, is maintaining hope and having hope um, to sort of cling on to. And whilst the prognosis wasn't good, well, was, are you allowed to swear on this, Chris, or not? Mm -hmm. it, it was fucking terrible. Um, it was, <laughs> Excuse my language, anyone. It's um, all good. Um, it was. I still felt like I had a chance, right? And I started to implement sort of what I call mental remodeling. So you know, mm -hmm. I started to work on on what I wanted to achieve, um, what my future looked like, and how I was going to go about the life I wanted to live. And I guess as you go through this this five and a half years of the process I've been through, you, you start to realise actually the power of the mind and we hear it a lot you know there's, there's plenty of examples where people mm -hmm. first in some form or another or or being told that something wasn't possible and then they make it possible and 
you know, that there's a lot to be said for that. You know, not every superhero wears a cape, and I think mm-hmm. um, there's a lot of people in this world who have done amazing things and overcome, you know, things that they shouldn't hold, they shouldn't have overcome or had no right to overcome. And I guess the power of the mind sort of pushes you forward. And if you have hope and you have belief and you have confidence that you can get through something, it gives you half a chance. And and luckily for me, it did. Look, I, I put in a lot of effort, re reevaluating my life in terms of what I wanted. Work became a lot less important to me. Mm-hmm. Obviously, I still feel there is an enormous amount of value in, in working. Um, I cared a lot less about you know becoming, you know having a, a particular job title or earning a particular amount of money. Um, I focused a lot more on my kids, on my family, on the people that I loved, and spending time with those people. I removed quite a few people from my life as well that sounds quite harsh but um, i'm a big believer in and hence the name of my new business positive vibes only i'm a big believer in uh, positive energy and and removing negative energy from your life um, which i did and that comes in the form of people predominantly Mm -hmm. um, environments so avoiding certain parts of my life that perhaps weren't bringing me as much joy or bringing a lot of stress and anxiety going out drinking was one of those um, I was you know, going out getting drunk quite a lot. And, um, that resulted in my next day, two days, three days, where my life was filled with anxiety and stress of, of just you know, having drunk too much. And um, So there was sort of some of the things that I, I quickly went, right, okay, I'm not doing that anymore. That's gone. I'm not, I'm not, that's not part of my life mm-hmm. anymore. And, and, I, and I implemented a lot of these things. And, and as you do, you start to garner like new support. You start to get support from people you don't expect. Uh, you also expect support from people who suddenly don't give you support. Um, so you know, it's, a, it's a big life lesson in understanding who the people who are really important to you are and who the people who you thought were important to you aren't perhaps as important to you. Um, that was a big transition for me um, over the last five and a half years of working that out. Um, you know, and just thinking, look, I can, I can do this, and I did, uh, and I'm doing it. Look, I still have cancer; I still have to fight it, and at some point, it will probably take my life. Um, but I don't want that to happen anytime soon. And I think the more reasons you give yourself to live, you know, whether that be helping others, whether that just be living the life you want to live, whether that be surrounding yourself with love and people, uh, removing a lot of sort of capitalist nonsense that we're fed, you know, having the best car, having the best house, mm-hmm. having the best clothes, uh, you know, and, and focusing more on actually, you know, that's just, that's, I think someone said, I, I heard some, something quite early on into my situation where someone said, what is the secret to having good brain health? And it was, the answer was understanding the difference between reality and, um, and what was it? So I've not, not, not done that justice. But he's understanding the difference between reality and what isn't real. And I think mm-hmm. what we're marketed to, you know, like I said, clothes, cars, houses, etc. It's not reality. You know, the, the reality is, is, is love. And, and if you've got a roof over your head, that's all you need. And if you've got um, the right people around you, that's all you need. Do you need to have the best car? No. Do you need to have the best clothes? No. Do you need to have the best house? No. Like, it's not that important. Uh, in the grand scheme of things uh, and I think that was a big part of it as well realising what really matters versus what you think matter or what the world is telling you matters uh, and, and deciphering the difference and I think that was 
also a big part of, of overcoming this or at least winning for now. Um, I appreciate it. I've just really rambled on then. <laughs> no, no, you're, you're doing great. I'm, 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 I'm soaking this up. That there's a lot of there's a lot of things there that resonated with me. That obviously that you know, first of all, you are absolutely one of those heroes. Right? You mentioned this not wearing a cape. Right? I think there's a whole lot more heroes that are not wearing capes. And and the stories that we see on on movies and TV, actually, the, the stories of real life are even more impressive. Like th this one, for example. I mean, it's it's an interesting situation because we're all you know, we're, we're all mortal. We're all going to face death right. one day. Right. And we tend to, in the busyness of day to day, we forget about this thing, right? We forget about it. It goes to the back of our mind. And then when people are faced with it, you know, it, it, it in your case, right? It, it made you really think about almost like radical prioritization. Yeah. I think about like right. crisis modes, right? In my job, I've had to work in things like crisis response things. Um, I work, you know, I was at an energy company when well, there were power outages, you know, you focus on what's really important. All the minutia suddenly goes by the wayside. And so I, I hear that that's essentially, you know, that's, that's, you have, you've done this to an even greater level. Cause this is right. This is literally your life. This is, this yeah. is sa sacred time. Like even this phone call right here, right? This you're prioritizing what really matters. So yeah. if it's not aligned with something that's important to you and a value, then you know you're not going to waste your time. That can include people that are. So I, I, that's some a big thing that I picked out of that. Um, are, how about any other any other you know something major like this happens, it it inevitably causes different changes, right? Mental, physical, you know, spiritual, friendships. Yeah. Any other you know changes you can think of? Because I know I, I know I've experienced in my own life and some things that I face. Any other changes you can think of, like how this you know made you think differently or, or behave differently? Yeah, I think this again, and forgive me if this sounds a bit arrogant. I've got the, <laughs> there's a sense of there's a sense of enlightenment. Now, look, I'm not a, mm -hmm. I'm not a religious man. I I, I don't have a, a god I believe in, but I do believe that there is some sort of higher power, some sort of there's something there that's just you know let's let's break it down. You know, we're, if we're very basic about it, we are on a floating rock in the middle of space, which is infinite and there's no real rhyme or reason as to what our existence is, is about or why we're here. Now, I know some people with, with faith will, will disagree with that, but for me, I, I, I can't fathom it. I haven't got a clue behind that. So I have a very simple mantra of going, if we have one shot at this, make it your very best go, right? Um, make it your very best life. Um, that may not be conventional. That may not be what everyone else expects you to do. Forget them forget what's expected of you, do what's right for you. And I think mm -hmm. that's a big part for me, is understanding you, as in understanding yourself and, and being able to go, right, well, what do I want from this world? What do I want from this life? And as long as it doesn't cause harm to others or affect other people in a, in a significantly bad way, like do it and live it and enjoy every moment of it. So I think there's a sense of enlightenment in that you sort of go, shit, that there isn't some of the things I've told that are important are not important at all. Some of the things that I've been fed my entire life are not important at all. Um, and I think that's that's quite a, um, yeah, I think I've said it to you before, Chris, you know, there's a, there's a certain element of, of cancer that enhanced my life in a lot of ways. It's made me realise these things, it's made me understand these things, it's made me go, right, okay, um, mm -hmm. you've got to approach this differently and, and it's not quite what you thought this world was. And, um, 
I think that's probably been the biggest shift um, for me personally. Is just is just getting my head around that. Um, well, uh, going back to your, your question, in terms of what other things have, have changed for me, um, I, mate, I don't know. I mean, I'd be interested to understand it from your perspective. You know, what what do you? What's your take in terms of how it reflects in, on your life and uh, who who you who you are? I mean, you've been through your own, you know, traumas and. Uh, you know, I know you put a lot of emphasis yourself on mental health and it'd just be interesting to see what your thoughts are around, you know, how my experience relates to your life and what you think. Yeah. It's been it's it's in my own my own things that are, are not you know, obviously not not the same or not nearly as drastic either, as far as your experience. That but the things that you know, it's triggered uh, a I guess for you know, I like the words that you use enlightenment. Um, I hadn't thought about it that way. For me, it's it's almost triggered a, a new sense of energy, a new um, passion and zest for yeah. being present, for yeah. being, you know, basically all in the things that I do. That's certainly, I need time to rest. I can't be like that all the time. But I think almost like uh, a new consciousness, a new form of focus and passion and interest in the things that I'm doing, right? And certainly, I'm not like, I'm not like that check in the mail, right? I'm not like that. <laughs> you know, commuting somewhere, but just in, in general, just a general different sense of kind of outlook and, and, and enjoyment of life and, and relationships and people and wanting to bring, you know, kind of good things um, to the people around me. I think that's, that's probably the biggest thing. And then also, I think the second part is, is it's triggered a chain, a, I guess, uh, an emergence of comfort and confidence in my being authentic. Just yes. to hell with what anyone else thinks about anything. Yes. Yes. I am past judgment. I don't really don't give yes. a damn. Yes. Um, so, I, I, so I think those are two of the biggest things. And that's something that I did not have before. I think those are two of the gifts that have come through some of the things. And I don't, it sounds like it sounds like you can you can connect with some of those things. I think, I mean, yeah, I think the authenticity is, is, is part of that enlightenment feeling. It's absolutely just going, well, I just, I'm just going to be me. Um, I'm going to live and be who I want to be. And, um, you know, I, I believe in you know, that being kindness and caring and, and bringing love to the world. And, you know, you see all this crap going on around us and you think, well, uh, and, and quite often, you know, stuff like I've, I've removed, I don't watch the news anymore because mm -hmm. for me, it's a propaganda machine that just drives negativity and fear mm -hmm. and scaremongering. Um, you know, and I'm just, I just don't, and you know, a lot of people around me are like, you've got to, you've got to engage in the news. And I think it was, um, a, a US Denzel uh, Washington says something like, "If you watch the news, you're, in, you're ill-informed. If you don't watch the news, sorry, if you watch the news, you're misinformed. If you don't watch the news, you're uninformed." And it was like, "Which of the two evils do you have?" <laughs> and it was like, I mean, "That's kind of like, that's kind of in summary how I feel about the media and the way it puts negativity into our world." The reality for me is, through my experience. Actually, the world is full of amazing people. It's mm -hmm. full of incredible people like yourself. You know, the way you connected with me and reached out to me was amazing. And I love that about you. Um, and I think that's important as well. I think, you know, for people to, to move forward is to not get consumed by politics and, and all the stuff that was kind of out of our control as well. You know, there's not much we can do about it. We're just talking mm -hmm. about just sit there going, shit, we're, mm -hmm. we're in trouble here. Um, I think humans live on the precipice of, of chaos always. They have the entirety of their uh, existence and 
it's how it's fed into us, right? We were always told there's going to be a new nuclear war, or there's going to be a cold war, or there's going to be, um, you know, worldwide famine, or there's going to be a shortage, or we have a pandemic like COVID. Like, there's all these things. Like COVID, obviously, I'm not suggesting COVID, mm-hmm. but these things are, are there to be overcome. And, and and I guess if you don't know it, that's my own personal experience. I feel the same. Like these things are there to be overcome, not there to just forget it, to give into and lose hope it's, it's there to be overcome and, and battled against and fought against and I think removing that negative energy in those things is, is massive and going back to you know the thing that I thought you said that was brilliant two things you said were brilliant were authenticity and, and being present and again we can think too far ahead I don't think that helps or, or gives us any value I think we can try to be something we're not again that doesn't help or bring value to you and, and fundamentally leads to greater stress and anxiety and worry that's the aim here to remove all that uh, negative energy and create a more positive outlook for yourself and for everyone around you. That 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 aspect of, of positivity and and just you know just how you perceive and, and general outlook on life. I've I've read some studies about how li- you know liter- literally people have better health outcomes based on physical health outcomes, based on their perspective and what they focus on. So having a sense of optimism and joy, despite facing very difficult circumstances, people have had, no, I've, I don't, I'm not providing a link right now. I'm no researcher, but I've read several studies on it, right. on how people have had better health outcomes. And I'm really, and I'm I'm blown away, right? Because Mark, you know, you shared that you were given a, a terminal diagnosis. Here we are five, six years later, and you're out here talking to me and started a new business. And I, you know, I'm definitely, you know, curious your take on that and how, how your, your mindset and outlook, if, if you think that's had any factor in, you know, in, in your health and, and, and how you're doing yeah, uh, this, with the diagnosis. I think, yeah, I mean, I, I look, so I think, <laughs> I think I, I I live my life by like five pillars, if you like. So it's friends, family, finance, work, and health. And I guess over the last five and a half years, a lot of my energy has been put into friends, and family, and my financial situation. Um, obviously, my health is my health, but I try to live a healthier life around my cancer. So I feel like I've I've done a lot of good things. Better diet, don't drink anymore. Um, and you know, exercise whilst I don't necessarily run a marathon every day. I, I have an element of, of, a, of a keep fit regime which keeps me healthy enough. Um, and, you know, my weight's important to maintain my, my uh, chemotherapy and, and make sure I keep on the same dosage so I can't lose too much weight. But it's about maintaining something that creates a health within me, releases endorphins, releases positive energy into my body. Um, so, off the back of that, I was like, look, I think I've, I've done as much as I can across four of my pillars, you know, and the last one was, was work. Um, I wasn't ever unhappy in my job. Um, you know, I've worked for some pretty big companies in the UK and, and globally I've worked for an American business. Um, and I've been relatively happy, but never with that feeling of waking up in bed and going, this is what I'm meant to do, or this is my purpose, or this mm-hmm. is what I really want to wake up and do every morning um, there, was, there, was, there was a shift needed in that respect from my side and so this was kind of the last thing I wanted to, to shift into so 
about eight months ago, nine months ago, I launched a business called Positive Vibes Only. Pretty cheesy name, I, I appreciate. Um, but that was based on when I first got diagnosed, that was the hashtag I used, you know, whenever I communicate to my friends mm-hmm. or to the wider world, um, that I just wanted positive vibes. Um, sorry, very quickly, my doggy just quickly needed to go to. <laughs> sorry, guys. It's all good. It's all good. So, while while he's while he's taking care of those positive vibes, I'll I'm just not. share the. So this is how we got connected. We actually both, you know, in that aspect, I think just a, you know, wanted to connect with other, others, help others, particularly with whatever adversity they're facing or mental health. We just connected over LinkedIn. So it's one of those things that, you know, I think that's, you can see what you choose to see. You can see um, social media as being just, you know, a drain and all the negativity for for what it is. Or you can also, there's also, you know, if you focus on the positive, it, it's, it's a wonderful tool too, that can be used to connect people. Literally, that was, there's no way we'd be having this conversation. We would know each other if not for that. So we were just both active in some groups on LinkedIn and just con- got connected in that way. So I think, you know, where we focus and put our energy is really important. Beautifully put, my friend. Beautifully put. I, I'm absolutely right. You know, it's, it's about working out what works for you, right, in, in a positive way. And, and this is a great example of the fact that I've got the privilege of, of being on your podcast. So I love it, mate. Um, anyway, back to, so, so off the back of it, I was like, like the last thing I want to do is work. I want to help people. I've had a lot of help myself through through my diagnosis and a lot of support and a lot of love. I don't want to give some of that back. Um, and I felt that, you know, I'm an extrovert. I enjoy meeting people. I get a lot of energy from, from talking to people and speaking to people and, and learning from them. You know, yourself being a great example of that. Um, and I felt, well, look, I want to be in and around people. I want to help them through whatever adversity they're going through. Uh, you know, you've alluded to a couple of times you sort of say you're not going through something the same as me I, 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 I view them it's not a competition like we all have, <laughs> you know I mean? it's, it's all it's all relative we're all we all have our own challenges like I'm I cannot I'm of the view and I haven't got any data to prove this but by the age of sort of 18 19 20 every single one of us has suffered some form of trauma whether it be a direct trauma or an indirect trauma someone we've, we've suffered or gone through life experiences that have impacted us negatively or created layers of anxiety or stress within us um which is you know not not helpful um, and and therefore we all have some form of mental health issue or we all have some form of physical health issue that we need to overcome and deal with so for me it's all relative and with that view in mind the way I want to go about what I do is very much that I want to help people get through whatever they're going through and give them coping mechanisms, strategies, outlooks, ideas. Um, and um, off the back of that, I launched my business and look, it's early days. Um, it's been uh, very exciting to launch my own business. I've really enjoyed it so far and uh, there's still work to be done, but uh, you know, I'm getting some traction now and, and getting some people on board and, and helping them through what they're going through. And, whilst my emphasis is on people going through cancer because you know, I can relate to that experience. Mm-hmm. Uh, there are still people I'm talking to who have got relationship issues or have got um, other life uh, changing illnesses or have got other um, you know, past traumas that they're still trying to work through or understand or, or get their heads around. And, and that's essentially what I, what I set the business up to do or what I set my service to do, which is to guide those people through and, and if I can help them, brilliant. If I can't, I can't. But 
you know, I feel so far that I've been able to offer some level of uh, improvement or, or support to those people that have, have benefited their lives. And you know, I'm now waking up in the morning and going, game on, let's do this. Let's, let's have a go. And, uh, and I'm enjoying it. I love it. You know, so it's, so it's again, it's, it's, whilst it sounds selfless in, in that I want to help other people, there is also a selfish element to it. In that, for me, it's it's another way of me trying to keep winning my battle over my cancer, by mm-hmm. even more purpose and even more um, hope and desire. Because if I have more reasons to live and more things to fight for, I believe I will stick around for longer. Um, you know, and whilst again, there's no sort of clinical data to say that's true. Like you alluded to earlier, there's, there's, there are a number of studies out there that show um, having a particular mindset, a particularly positive mindset, when facing um, struggles and problems, you tend to see a better response and a better recovery or a better reaction and a, and a better outcome. And, and I, I do believe in that. And whilst there isn't as much data as I'd like around it, there's enough data there to tell me that there's something within that. What, what, what would you say were some of the biggest, biggest obstacles you face in the diagnosis? Uh, certainly the denial was one of the yeah. was a big right was a large thing yeah. I, I i get a sense that you've been an optimist yes uh, and tell me if you're wrong i i, I get it yeah okay I, I, i've got a sense that you know that you you are already an optimist yes and this is something you kind of you know it's like what the hell happened with my life yeah. and you had to go through that and probably still going through that to some extent um but but i think that that certainly helped you but you know were there any other in addition to the kind of the, the sense of just hey i like forget this i'm just gonna ignore it any other major things because i'm sure there's people that listen to this right now that are thinking like they're putting your, them, their, themselves in your shoes like yeah. if i found out tomorrow and, and some of us will find out different things right it's, it's you know we all suffer they're yep. thinking i don't know how the hell i would handle that situation yep. and you know what other is there anything else whether mental physical you know i know you mentioned some relationships that just kind of you know big things you had to deal with to get to where you are because I love, love how you, you're, you have, you're turning this, you're an example of turning, you know, taking your suffering, taking your challenges and adversity and putting it to work in the service of others. And I think it's a beautiful thing, um, but just peeling back a little bit of, you know, is there anything else you had to get through or work through to get, to get to this point? Cause it's really impressive because we're catching you now, but I know, you know, five years ago, it may not have been exactly that same state. Sure, and, and 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 you're absolutely right. There's no doubt it would be a different uh, response in the initial what first few months, first six months. I think. Let me let me take you back um, to a couple of other instances in my life just to sort of give you some context behind me. So, I, my mum, when I was when I was growing up, um, suffered with clinical depression um, from about the age of I was probably about 11, 12 years old, and um, that I think. Uh, impacted me massively um, for, for obvious reasons but also in the way I approach life you know it's um, my dynamic with my mum completely changed in terms of her being my parent I became her parent mm. um, and she became very um, she relied on me rather than me relying on her now that has had some slightly negative impacts on who I am or, or how I live my life but it's also had one very positive impact on my life in that it's made me independent in that I'm not relying on anyone else. Um, and I'll come back to that in a second, but then there's a second instance. So my youngest son um, 
was born three and a half months, three, just over three and a half months prematurely. Uh, when he was born, he was like one pound five ounces. It was like very touch and go wherever he'd live, wherever he'd survive. Spent the first four months of his life in a little incubator in a plastic box where we weren't allowed to touch him, cuddle him or anything. Um, and that was obviously a tough experience, but again, he came through it and, and there's now, you know, it sounds odd to say, but my, he's now nine, but my nine year old son is, is my inspiration. Uh, mm-hmm. He's kind of, you know, I've got a tattoo. His name is Wolf, uh, but we used to call him, or my my eldest son used to call him Wolf. So um, <laughs> I've got a tattoo on my leg of a wolf, uh, <laughs> which, you know, if ever I am feeling a bit sad or a bit down, I look at that and go, you know, I can do it. Um, mm-hmm. And again, that's that's critical for me. Wow. So, um, so I've had moments in my life or other traumas in my life that I've had to overcome. So I guess that stands you in better stead that you've you know you're dealing with adversity because you've got and you can deal with it better because you've already had to face adversity mm-hmm. um, i've already got like I said, i've got an inspiration my youngest son and and because of my dad and my mum changing um i becoming independent it, it means and it's quite an odd thing to say but if someone has i think most people still a lot of my peers and friends and people around me if something bad happens to them, there's still that reliance on other people to help them, whether it be their mum, their dad, their brother, their sister, best friend, you know, other people outside of their lives, but are still very significant to them. Um, and I think facing something like cancer and going, right, the only person who can help myself is myself. Mm-hmm. Not my mum, not my dad, not my friends, not anyone else, it's me. Uh, and having that mindset from the outset is for me was very valuable in that I could go, right, this is on me. I've got to sort this out. I've got to do my very best here. And look, my wife is incredible. My kids are incredible. My parents, you know, are incredible. Uh, and my friends are incredible, but I still rely on myself. And I've done that from day one and I've woken up every day and gone, this is on you. What are you going to do today? How are we going to get through this? Um, what changes are we going to make? Uh, so I don't know if this that necessarily answers your question, Chris, but it gives you some context behind um, how I've been able to face up to this and approach it with, with the level of positivity that I have. Mm-hmm. What challenges have I faced? Um, oh man, I mean, look, going through scans, going through all the sort of you know all the chemo, it's tiring, it's testing, it's challenging, but you just have to, I guess, fundamentally, it's belief. Come down to, I come down to this point where I'm like, I've got to go for my 25th operation. And it can be exhausting, but you kind of go, I believe in the process. I believe in what mm-hmm. I do. I believe in what my outlook is. Um, that may fail at some point, but for now it's working. And in my head, I'm going, right, we wake up, we go again, we give our best, we approach it in the best possible mindset, we approach it in the best possible way. And you pull yourself through and it's, there's a discipline to that, I guess. There's a consistency to that mm-hmm. um, that requires effort and energy. Um, but, you know, if someone said to me tomorrow, I've got to go and have another operation, fine, I'll do it. Whatever it is, because if you, and, and you said the word earlier, perspective, because I always look back at it and go, well, the other option is I don't have an operation and I die, right? So what, what would I rather True. do? What would I rather do? I'd much rather be in a situation. If someone said to me five and a half years ago, marking five and a half years you've gone through what you've gone through and you're gonna to have to keep going through it how do you feel about that i'd bite your hand off 
right? I'll be like, amazing. I'm still here, I'm still alive, I'm still with my kids, I'm still with my, my wife, I'm still loving life. Um, you know, that's my perspective always. Like, I've got to go and do it because I'm still here and I'm still getting to do the things I love doing. And I guess that's kind of the sort of fundamentals of it. Um, and, and that's what keeps driving me on and keeps me going and, and gets me through everything I've been through. You just keep going. It sounds like you've just kept going and, and going. I, I have a friend who, you know, recently um, lost her father. Her, her father passed away and yeah. is going through the, the difficult process of, of grieving. Yeah. And she sent me a quote that I was blown away. And she said she tells her sons this. And she said, the quote is, she's like, she's like, you know, she said, Chris, I tell, like, we tell our sons this, a a, 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 a Rolling Stone gathers no moss. And she said, she tells her sons, you know, basically keep moving forward, keep going. Don't just sit uh-huh. in your, don't just sit in it. You know, uh-huh. I mean, it's obviously you need to feel the way you feel and deal with that. You can't yeah, you ignore do. it. You got to yeah. deal with it. And, yeah, you have. But just keep, you, but you just, you pick yourself up and you keep going. Yeah. Um, and if in face the things, it sounds like, and it sounds like you're, that's a hundred percent. You're just like, okay, I've got another, I've got another operation. All right, game on. Let's do it. Let's do it. What's the, what's the alternative? You just yeah. keep going. It's like whatever. And I think you hit on something else about, you know, you've had other experiences as, as we all do. And that's one of the, like the gifts that you think of even parents, like you, as much as parents want to take away the pain and the challenges that their children face, yeah. doing so is a disservice because yes. those experiences help. It's a muscle. It's, it's, I think you're kind of hitting on a, a pattern of a theme of almost challenges and adversity, you know, you know, suffering with your mom with clinical depression, your, your, you know, your son, you know, being born pre- prematurely, like these things, as hell as they were at the time, they have made you a stronger person or, or they've helped you develop these, these coping mechanisms to be able to be prepared and handle it. Like if this was the first major thing you experienced in your life, that would have been pretty damn hard. Um, yeah. You know, so Correct. coping mechanisms. Correct. This, you know, maybe think about too about relationships, because um, I have another friend who, who shared with me that it was really hard when he lost his spouse, because he felt like in the initial response that everyone was, you know, there's an outpouring, and then he said he felt like almost like he became invisible, like he disappeared. Yeah. And I was wondering from your, so you've you have a different situation, but the same. It's similar in the sense that you know very very you know, tough news and scary and uncertainty how how you know how did did that change in the way you know you felt as far as relationships and is there anything that we can all learn as people who may be you know who, who may have loved ones who may be facing you know terminal diagnosis you know how is there something that we, you know that people should understand about someone who has a terminal diagnosis so that we can better support them hear them listen to them you show up just, you know, I don't know if there's any things you share from the relationship aspect for those of us who are around that kind of situation. Super, super question. Um, I think, I think the key, the key aspect is listening, is listening to what they need, what they want, what they need to help them keep going. Uh, that can come in many forms, um, but it's, it's listening to what their needs is. You know, like I've had a tough conversation with my parents where I've sort of sat down with them and gone, look, you know, for example, my mum, my mum, rather than me, rather than my mum supporting me through my cancer, I've had to support my mum through my cancer. Mm. Now that is again because of the dynamic we've created or that, that's happened through through previous experience. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's also shouldn't be the way it should be, right? It should be, you know, you have a, I think it's called the support circle and you have mm-hmm. your, your trusted 
maybe three, four, five people that are in your immediate support circle, the people that you turn to when anything goes wrong. And then outside of that, you have your friendships um, and stronger relationships with perhaps acquaintances that you then, you know, if, if one or two of your immediate support cannot deliver for you, you, you lean on the wider circle. And then there's the bigger circle, which is, you know, people you've just come across in life or people who've had a shared experience with you or people who've, um, engaged in something that you can relate to mm-hmm. um, and you then lean on them but the idea is you, you lean on your support circle because that is critical to getting you through everything and if those support that support circle can deliver for you by listening to what you need um, being there for you when you need them um, as much as possible um, then I think you are you're halfway to winning that battle you're halfway to being the person that person mm-hmm. needs you to be um, I think then if you build on that in terms of what else can people do to, to care and, and be there for people? Um, it, it's trying to use, like for me, it's about, like, I think there's two different types of people. There's people who use solutions to try and move forward. And there's people who use empathy to try and console them and support and understand people. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I'm not saying either are right and either are wrong. I think you need a mixture of both. Um, and I think, again, it's about person who's, who's going through something identifying two different those two different types of people and, and having them in their immediate support circle and having them close to them and being there for them and people who can empathize and go mate this is shit that you're going through this and, and then other people are going yeah it's not great but what about if you look at it from this perspective or what about if you try doing this activity or what about if you speak to this person or what about if you change your outlook on, on your work or your your relationship with your wife or your children or your family or whatever like it needs both in my opinion it needs both of those things to exist um and it needs people to check in on you it needs people to keep going you know talk about your friend who lost a, a father like it, it, you know the pain will still be there for that person for the rest of her life mm-hmm. but it will dissipate and it'll get less and it'll get less but she will still i imagine would value that when you do see just a simple arm around the shoulder, a tap on the leg, mm-hmm. a pat on the back, whatever that looks like, and just goes, are you all right, mate? Are you good? And yeah. that person has the opportunity to then share. And if you give people the opportunity to share, they can then communicate their feelings. If you communicate your feelings, you remove a lot of the negative energy, whether that be resentment, whether that be um, anger, frustration, um, devastation, um, despair, whatever that feeling is, and release it to someone who listens to them they feel better they'll always feel better for that um, it doesn't remove it the, the pain will still exist it will always exist but it helps that person move forward it helps remove the stress and the anxiety and the negativity um, and I think that's the, that's the critical component for me as to how to be there for people through whatever it is they're facing Mark that was a beautiful beautiful Piece. Uh, I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm sitting beside, sitting, I'm sitting beside myself, you know, just processing all that. That I, there's a couple key things I heard, and one of them was this concept of connecting with people through kind of actions and solutions, almost through your mind, the rational part of your brain, yeah, and the other part of the emotional, the empathetic part of of who we are. And, and what I heard was both of them matter. Both of them have a, have a role. And it's important to have both of those things. You need people to say, you know what? I'm so sorry you're going through that. It sucks. Like, I, I hurt for you. And yeah. you also need people who are there like, you know what? 
it does suck. And so what could we do this? Could we do that? Have you thought about that? Like to propel action. So it's like, because we're, we're all, you know, as humans, we're our personalities or, you know, we're all different. Right. And each of those has a, as a, has a, has a purpose. And I think sometimes we have a tendency to think that it always needs to be empathy. And I think that's really good to hear from you. You know, both of those things do matter. It's, it's important to have both those things. So I, I love that aspect, you know, thinking about how both of those things do matter to people and can be used to help them. Uh, the second thing was this whole aspect of grief. And that's because, you know, grief is is the mourning, the loss of some, right? Yeah. The loss of something. Yeah. And, and that's, a, you know, even though, you know, you're alive, but you did lose, right? You lost this 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 idea of what your life was. Your life changed drastically. So what you just shared is a way that we can help people who are grieving. Yeah. And it is grief, grief is such a hard topic. We don't talk about it. We don't talk no, about okay. mortality much. It's almost yeah. it's a taboo topic, like 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 mental health in some ways. And I think what you just shared were great great um, pieces of advice for how people can help those who are grieving, no matter what they're grieving. If it's a loss of a, of a person or a loss of, uh, of a dream or a, or, a, or you know, a divorce or things. So I, that yes. was, sorry, I just pulled a whole lot from that. It was very, very powerful. Awesome, awesome. From the heart, meant it. Anything, as I think, you know, in, in, in the spirit of kind of the, the format, um, you know, you, you told amazing story of every, what you've gone through, right? And obviously not every detail, but, you know, the diagnosis, all the procedures, some of the things you've had to overcome, how you overcome them with your mindset, how you have come up with a support system, you know, how you've kept moving forward. And it's, and you've shared some things you've learned too. You've learned to really prioritize yeah. those things and those people and those activities and even that energy and your focus into things that matter. Just to make sure I'm not missing anything. Any other big things you've learned about yourself or, you know, or, you know, change or eat cancer or any of it, you know, that you'd want to share, you know, that has been big takeaways for you. I think, I, I think I'm a sort of bigger picture level. I think there's this, I have this underlying feeling of, um, you know, the world and it's becoming more and more prevalent, more and more prominent in terms of people talking about it, but you, the mental health that everyone has, right? That people have mental health struggles, whatever that looks like and however that takes its form. And I think there is, there is some key aspects and, and I've alluded to one of them, the perspective. Um, and the, you know, we're, we're all, I guess in my ideal world, right? You've got people who are, we, whilst we don't necessarily have communities like we used to have communities, we, we through social media and, and the positive side of social media, through um, the internet and having this ability to connect to people all over the world, we are kind of refining what that community might look like. And I think mm -hmm. having um, an appreciation that we're all having mental health issues, we all have things that we have to overcome, but not everyone. I, I still get this feeling that people feel alone with mental health. Yeah. Right. And, it, and it's, it, for me, it's, it's about those, it's about being brave. It's about coming out there and going, look, this is my problem. This is what I'm struggling with. This is what I'm suffering with. I've got anxiety for this. I've got social anxiety. I've got, I'm grieving. I, what, you know, whatever it may be, Chris, like mm -hmm. we can, if we start talking to each other and communicating that to each other, we'll, we'll, move forward so much more quickly in terms of being able to help each other get through it support find solutions um i think i, I, I this is 
slightly uh, slightly humorous take on it, but um, you know, physical health sort of in the sixties uh, was frowned upon. You know, people I, I always refer to the uh, to Anchorman when I say this, but you know, when you go jogging in the park in the sixties, it was kind of frowned upon, right? It was it was Rob Bergen saying go eat. Um, and people going, um, that's not you know, that's not what you should be doing. What are you doing just running around in a circle and then <laughs> Um, you know, and it was frowned upon, and, and you know, but if you speak to most people of a generation, I'd say below the age of 25 now, if you're not doing a form of physical health, you're frowned upon. Like it's, it's, it's gone. It's taken 60 years for us to get there, and a lot of doubters. But we've finally got to a point where people know that the benefit of physical health means you have better mental health, that you have a better physical health, that you've got a better, you know, better body to live with. And, and, and help you get through the life that you're going to face. Um, and I feel like we're kind of in the 60s when it comes to mental health. I feel like we're starting that journey. There's still quite a few doubters. There's still quite a few people who go, we'll only turn to uh, therapy or counselling or any form of support in um, when it's at the very, you know, the very worst possible moment. It's when the worst, yeah, yeah it's or most significant life event has happened to them that they suddenly go, I really need to get help. It's like, well, you probably needed help years ago. But there's a reluctance, there's still a reluctance. I feel like the US is far better than the UK in that respect. But there is a, there is still a reluctance to, to move forward and go, I need to help my brain because my brain is critical to everything I do and, and how I live and how I see the world. I kind of feel like if we can accelerate that, if we can move that forward and get more people talking, more people sharing their experiences, more people communicating with each other and, and helping each other and relating to each other, then look, we, we get to a better place a lot quicker. We create a better community, we create a better culture to live in and live around. And, and I think you also start to remove some of the horrible things that happen in the world because I think people will then be able to deal with their traumas much better and they don't come out in negative uh, examples uh, or negative situations they come out in positive situations and, and it just makes everything feel better and look better for the world we live in um, mm-hmm. so I think again I'm not sure that specifically answers your point uh, but for me that's the bigger picture that's the that's kind of again my feeling is that the fact I've just had 51 minutes of chatting to you and look I'll come off this call and whilst you know the big benefit to hopefully to at least one other person who's listened to this. The benefit is also mine in that I li- like the way you've communicated back to me is kind of it's reinforcing some of my mm-hmm. also making me think differently about some of the things I've said or giving me a slightly different take on it or a different perspective. And I will fundamentally benefit from having this conversation because I've been able to share my feelings. Oh, uh, both ways, both ways, both right. goes both ways. I think right. that that concept of speak, right? The concept of speaking up, and I know you're big on that. I've and I've seen that messaging, and I'm on that same right. Mental health is my jam, so yeah. you're talking, you're talking, yeah, my, you're talking my language, Mark. And I, I think the, I love your aspect of kind of almost like we're in the sixty, we're in the sixties yeah. with mental health. So you know, we've still got some revolutions to go through. Yeah. You know, it's, you know, it's all the the fun in the seventies yeah. and all that. So we've still got some, we've got some work to do. But we have, but it's on us. We like the, we as people can change that by removing the doubt, removing the negativity, and talk. It, it genuinely does make you feel better if you can share your feelings and your emotions to people who care and listen. It changes. It changes your outlook. It changes how you feel about something. It makes things easier for you, and it's on us to do that. And it gets rid of that 
you know, another concept there is loneliness, right? Like I'm a, like you, you touched on that, the I'm alone aspect of, you know, I just have this thing or I'm a, ashamed or afraid to share this thing. And that could be mental health. That could be a diagnosis. It could be a, a phobia, a fear. It's like this aspect of like, you know, it's, it's, it's another, another word you use of, of, of being bold, being brave, being courageous. Yeah. And it, it takes those things because it is scary. It's, it's, it's uh, scary you know, it is. It is. Scary. is. Yeah. It is. Like, and, like, I mean, we've had chats privately where I, I know that you've been scared through some of the things you've faced. It is scary. Like, uh, and again, I can't believe there isn't a person over the age of 18 who isn't scared about something, isn't terrified about something they've been through or experienced. To talk, get it out. Because other people will feel the same. Other people will connect with you. Right? Other people will get what you're saying. And that will make you feel so much better because you remove the loneliness, you remove that feeling of going, oh, I'm doing this all on my own and no one else is going through what I'm going through. And, you know, they start to feel self-pity and start to feel sorry for themselves. And that's a bad energy. That's not an energy that's going to help. It's not going to make things easy for you. It's just going to make you wallow and, and it's only going to get worse for you. You've got to be brave. You've got to go. There's got to be another person out there who is going through what I'm going through or has been through what I've been through. And then you actually probably discover there's hundreds, thousands of people who've been through Yes. That. Right. And the more you do that, the easier it becomes and you start to create a community and a network of people you can rely on and support you and talk to you and help you. And, um, you know, that's a big part of what I want to do. It's, it's, it's where I want to take this for my, for my own business and for me as a person. And the more people I can connect with and like, you haven't been through what I've been through, Chris, but you get it from a mental health perspective and therefore I feel like I've created another person today who I can rely on and contact and whilst you live you know a long way away and, and you're on the other side of the Atlantic there's there's another person now in my life who like if I messaged you and went mate I'm feeling a bit shit about something you'd listen to me oh 100% well, right and 100%. I would do the same for you and then that's that's progress for me that's like that's awesome I now feel better removes some of my anxiety I feel stronger if I feel stronger, I can feel like I can keep fighting my disease. If I feel like I can keep fighting my disease, I can keep living. And if I can keep living, I can keep living. That's where I want to be, mate. It's all, so it leads into positive vibes. Positive right? vibes. So, right. so it, 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 so it really is, right? It's taken, it's taken all that energy of, of challenges and right. It's stress, some yeah. type of stress. And, and it's how and you, how do you handle that stress? And, you know, taking some kind of, you know, attacking it with some positive resources so tell us tell us more about the business you know and as well as how people can support or follow you what you're doing because you know you've i really appreciate you sharing what you've gone through what what we can learn and that that whole mental health aspect was was a huge takeaway um cool. and it applies you know beyond just with someone with a terminal diagnosis as you shared it, it goes across a lot of different areas so yeah tell us more about the business as well as you know how pe you know people are going to want to say hey how can i follow and, and support more what, 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 where they can find you okay awesome so um it, from a professional perspective you should go on linkedin and type in mark edmondson positive vibes only you'll you'll find me um from an instagram perspective i am pbo hyphen life coach or pbo hyphen life hyphen coach um you'll find me uh, my twitter handle i would bother because i don't really update that uh, but I am, you can find me there. My Twitter handle is just Mark um, underscore PBO Life Coach. Um, and I'm just trying to think of other ways of connecting with me. Um, you can email me at mark uh, at pbo-life.com. 
um, or you can um, just try. To, or you can go to Facebook, and um, again, my my Twitter, my Facebook handle is um, Mark, just Mark Everson, uh, Positive Vibes Only. So there are all the mediums of which you can reach out to me. Equally, message Chris or or, mm-hmm. or uh, reach out to me directly. Um, I'm not going to give my phone number out, but you again because I'm in the UK, it's probably not wise for the US to, to waste their money calling me. <laughs> <laughs> You'll be able to find my phone number on my website, uh, which is uh, www.pvo-life.com. So there are all the ways you can connect with me. Um, this is my aim, my journey to support and help people through everything they're going through. If I can do that for you, that would be amazing. But more importantly, do that with your friends, your family, your own communities, your own people. Uh, but if you need someone else, um, then I'm here for you. It means it means it means the world. It means the world that you've you've, you've made the time, you know. You prioritize this, and you're able to share some time with us and and and, and whoever you who are listening right now. And Mark, I'll make sure we we'll 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 share all that information too in the podcast description, all those details. So I I learned so much from this conversation. I really I really appreciate you. I'm glad we connected. And yeah. um, uh, I guess next time we could talk about the the royal family. And all the stuff going on there, because <laughs> I'm sure some people in the U.S. would love to hear about that. Well, I know my we, wife yeah. eats that stuff up, but well, uh, you're fun. not watching media, so. <laughs> well, I know I know enough, my friend. I know enough, and uh, perhaps my view will not sit very well with my uh, my U.S. friends, but uh, I'm, I'm not to be covered with. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay, that could be a future. That could be a future talk about adversity. But exactly. this this yeah. has been so helpful, and um, yeah, I think this um this. This was a wonderful use of time and Likewise. as far as helping helping folks understand how to better deal with, you know, whatever it is they're facing. So thank you so much, Mark. And right, yep, right. I'll get the information out on, on the site. Um, yeah. if, if you have Likewise. any questions, reach out to me or reach out to Mark and um, hope you all took something away from this today. All right. Thank you so much for having me, Chris. It's been an honor and a pleasure, my man. And, Likewise. Uh, we go again. All right. Well, th- th- hey, thank you so much, Mark. Yep. We'll, we'll, right. we'll be in touch too. Maybe we'll catch each other in Vegas at some point, you know, That'll next year. Awesome. <laughs> That'll be awesome. Absolutely awesome. Let's do it, mate. Let's do it. But let's uh, keep talking as well, my friend. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right. All right. We'll t- take care and we'll talk next time. All the best, Chris. Take care. All right. Bye, thank everyone. you, Mark. All right. Bye-bye.